Welcome to Rooted and Robust Podcast. Hello everyone, welcome to another exciting episode of Rooted and Robust Podcast. This is the show that inspires, informs, educates and spoils you to cultivate the skills you need for your desired goals and success. Now, something interesting about today's episode is, you know, it, it, it deals with something we all like to talk about, money. <laughs> all right. Now, I remember a book I read several years ago called The Five Love Languages. It just tells me that every single thing has a language, right? And today we are looking at the language of money, the language of money. So I have a guest on the show today, as usual, and um, we're going to discuss money today. So I brought the money man himself. So welcome, Innocent Ndwaguba. Welcome on the show. Thank you for joining me today. <laughs> wow. Thank you so much, Uzema. Uh, I'm grateful. Um, I'm honored. And I've got to say this, that you are you are amongst the few people who pronounced my son name very correctly. Oh. Um, <laughs> Oh, yeah, like I don't know why people. <laughs> did you practice? I did. You practice? I, I, I did a little bit of practice. <laughs> okay, wow, wow. that's a bit like people. People miss that name. I don't know to go, but I don't know why people miss it. But I, I really thank you for pronouncing it correctly. It means oh. a lot to me. So <laughs> I've got to say this. Also, um, it's I've listened to your podcast. You are doing. An amazing job like i've got to be frank with you i listen i took my time to listen i even listened today i must be honest so wow. I, I want to tell you that i admire your, your tenacity your consistency so please keep up the good work i I've will gained value thank you from your work, thank you and i believe <laughs> millions of individuals around the globe will also someday enjoy your works as well wow thank you so much that is so heartwarming thank you my pleasure you are you're a cryptocurrency enthusiast you are a serial entrepreneur you have a lot of years of experience in sales and a lot of things so aside these things we know about you what are the other things we really don't know about you okay um i read a lot uh i i'm I'm an indoor person. I love to spend time reading, doing lots of research, seeing courses, like taking courses, of course, trading the financial market. But I love to cook. Uh, I've stayed with my sister, so I learned how to cook from them. And what else? I think that's it. Now, I know you have a community um, where you are doing so well, the Money Academy group, right? Tell us yeah. about the Money Academy. What inspired that, that community? Okay, so lots of individuals, especially young people, know very little about money. And it's not just young people, because if this is how it works, okay, if, if someone knows something, say a parent, Mm-hmm. know something or how to make money well you know he or she would do well to teach his or her child right. right yeah and and this would also ensure that these individuals would in turn make money genuinely for themselves yeah. okay mm-hmm. but because 
most of our parents um, don't know how money works very well because of say different ideologies and philosophies teachings they've gotten with regards to money and some of the mindsets that have been passed down to them from their own parents as well yeah. you know they've not taken time to learn about money right so they've also in some way subconsciously i must say passed down these teachings and mindsets to to their kids or to us okay mm. and we too, we've collected these things i felt the need to start a community to really educate people um, bring up good business ideas that people can you know get involved in share knowledge share insights and it's been it's been really amazing because um in no, October, it was in June, May or June. May or June, we launched and boom! <laughs> uh, it's it's it's. I, I thank God. I, oh. I really thank God. Congrats! Well done. <laughs> thank you. Oh, the language of money. Hmm. This is exciting. Like I really want to hear things about this one. I have my pen and paper radio, so <laughs> I'm just going to let you take it on from here. So tell us. What do we need to know about money and what kind of language does money understand? So let's get into it. It's over to you in a sense. So take it down from here. All right. Okay. Thank you, Ozzy. Yeah. So, and I really thank God you, you've read that book, Have Five Love Languages, because yeah. it will give me um, a foundation to really portray my point. So, I haven't read that book, but I've had friends who are like, you know, say, what's your love language? my love language is this so we are young folks right yeah so say as a young man now i want to ask a lady out or before i even ask a lady out it would be very wise for me to even understand and get to know her so and also try my best to speak in a language that she would understand true so i'll do well to not say see when she's more of a hear person you know so i would say stuff like have you heard what happened yesterday instead of see see what happened yesterday you get i would try to use words that appeal mostly to her because i believe should clearly understand the message i'm trying to pass across that is one two if i come up here and i start to speak causa and most folks here People who, listen, who are listening don't understand um, our house language. It would be very difficult for the message I'm trying to pass across to get to them sure. because communication is a two-way thing, right? Yeah. It's a two-way thing. Also, I studied physics back in school and if, if a fellow physicist is here, if I'm conversing with him, there are terminologies I would u- mm-hmm. use, there are vocabularies I would use, and he would clearly understand the message. If a medical doctor also is conversing with a medical doctor, there are terms and languages they would use, terminologies they would use to converse with themselves, and they would clearly understand what each other is trying to say. So also, it is for money as well, right? So people start out, everyone wants to make money. Have you seen anyone who comes out and clearly says, hey, I don't want money? Nope. (laughs) Nobody. no one, no one says this verbatim or clearly, yeah. but their actions portray this, mm. right? Just like the analogy I gave of trying to um, ask a lady out or befriend the lady without me speaking in 
um, in her language, in the language I believe she understands clearly, it's gonna be difficult for her to get in tune or in the same frequency with me. So also it is when folks have not understood the language of money and they try to get money, they try to make money, it's really gonna be difficult, right? Because they are not speaking the language that money understands, mm-hmm. right? They're not speaking the language. So the first thing individuals should do is learn the language of money, right? And I, I, I love to say this, we are all metaphorical blank slates, okay? Mm-hmm. We are all empty. And every language, I think I took Igbo in school, and one thing the teacher was saying was, mm-hmm. she was saying, a language is not something we came into the world with. Languages are learned. Mm-hmm. Right, so you learn Igbo language, you learn how. So, one of the things I'm trying to do now is to learn Yoruba because mm-hmm. I don't know how to speak it. Right, so also, if one has looked at one's life and has seen that I know very little about money or I'm making very little money, something should tell that individual that oh, it's simply because I'm not speaking or I don't understand the language of money. Mm-hmm. So, that individual should do well to start learning the language, and with every language there are vocabularies, there are terminologies that are associated with each language. So for us to delve deep into this, I'll be thinking us back to how this money of its scene even started because, you know, it's really good to look back at history or look backward. If, you, if you're able to look backward, you'll be able to know what lies ahead, okay? okay. Because the secrets of the future lies very much in the past. Mm-hmm. So I'll be thinking us back to history and we'll be doing this in five steps so the first thing i want to talk about here is the hunters or gatherers age you see at some point um this thing we call money and people need to understand that that there is a difference between money and currency okay i'll be giving us the definition of money as we progress as we progress into the show but like i said the first thing i want to make reference to here is is hunters slash gatherers age because if Back in the days, if you give some, if you if you had given those who are who were hunters then, say a million dollars, they wouldn't have done so much with it back then because there was nothing to purchase with that kind of money. Yeah. Okay, there was nothing to purchase with that kind of money. Rather, for them, for them, the money they had at the time was their skill and energy, right? Mm -hmm. The skill to hunt and to gather these animals to eat them, prepare them. This is the money they had at the time and they could exchange it for what they want, Mm -hmm. right? And we moved on from there because these individuals found out that, wow, we could plant crops and these crops grew. You know, we could plant food and all of that. And then we moved from the hunters or gatherers age to the agrarian age, Mm -hmm. right? So at this point, people started planting crops, started planting food. So I would plant maize, you could plant yam, and that person could plant cassava and all of that. And, you know, when individuals notice that, wow, the more I planted, the richer I become. Mm-hmm. So men started marrying more wives mm-hmm. so that they would have no more children. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and these children would work on their plantations, you know. So this is one of the reasons why I've got polygamy now because um, people wanted so many individuals to work on their farmland. And also, not just individuals, kings, barons, people who were in charge of territories, okay? They were, they were also marrying wives, 
giving birth and apart from giving birth to their own kids they notice that wow we could get other people to come in our farmland or in our plantation and do these things for us so they that's how you know slavery came about right so they started buying people to come into their farmlands to farm produce crop maize yam, and all of these things but you know if i if i was say um you say i'm a baron now in let me see anambra let me say i'm a king in anambra state and i have planted two bars of yam and you are a baroness in or let's say you're a queen in kanu and you've planted beans you can't continue eating beans forever yeah. right you can't continue eating beans forever and personally i can't continue eating two bars of yam i would need to you know Variety is the spice of life. People want mm-hmm. to have different taste of things and all of that. So it got to a point where I was dissatisfied with you know what I had and I wanted to have what you what you have. And you also you wanted to have what I want, possibly, right? The this is a probability. So trade by butter came in. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we had trade by butter and we started exchanging uh goods through trade by butter. But there were lots of challenges. There were lots of challenges because what if I had yeah? And you had um, beans, and then what you wanted for your beans was rice, and I wasn't having rice. Mm. Start looking for someone else who had rice. Okay, so these were some of the challenges. And even if you've gotten someone who had rice, there was no system of measurements that would really say the value you are giving, the value you are exchanging for my rice, yeah. is what the value I should give you for your beans. Yeah, true. So we started with these disparities. And one thing you would understand with humans is we're always looking for solution. We're always looking to advance. We're always looking to break barriers. We're always looking to do things differently. We're always looking to get better. So, you know, we had Dwight Trade by Butter came in to solve that problem of spice. You getting, you not just having only what you have, but you've been able to have other things. While it came in, also brought its own challenges. Things like the weight of is the weight of what you are giving me equal to the weight of what I'm giving you? So, yeah. You know, how am I also going to find someone who has what I want mm-hmm. and wants what I have? You see? And also, the cost of transportation. I needed to transport what I have. So imagine moving uh, from Anambra State to Kanu. Mm. And then even getting there, I would now find out that, Omo, this queen, what I have is not what the queen needs. Mm-hmm. And what she, what you get? So these were some of the challenges, and then we have yeah. problem of storage. So let's say my plantation is a plantation where I have orange, orange trees, and lots of orange fruits. It, it was difficult to preserve these oranges. It would be difficult to preserve tomato. Say if if I, if uh, my plantation was that rich, you know, I was planting tomato in. Mm-hmm. So the industrialization came in to solve some of those problems, right? Especially the problem of storage. So we could turn um, tomatoes into tomato paste. We yeah. could turn orange into orange juice. We could turn mangoes into mango juice. We could turn yam. So we could turn all of these in, and we could change, you know, the the nature of the meal into something that would stay for longer without getting back, right? So industrialization came in to solve this problem. But industrialization came with its own problem as well, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So we've gone from, just to give us a summary of how far we've, we've, we've gotten or we've come so far, we've talked about the hunter slash 
Gadrasti talked about the agrarian age. We've talked about trade by butter, and we're talking about the industrial industrial right, age. Yeah. So, at this point, we started, you know, um, to preserve our meal. We had cars, we had machines, all of this. So, if you observe, they solved um, most of the problem that came with trade by butter. Mm-hmm. But we also needed a means to to exchange these these products and services. So, um, we we started using precious metals you know started using precious metals to trade um, these commodities well, the major one we were using there was gold let's say i'm a merchant uh i'm a i'm a big time businessman in in abuja and this industry is in say ogun state right mm-hmm. it, for me to travel from abuja to ogun state with my gold is a very risky thing to do isn't it yeah it's very very risky because Considering the weight, because one troy ounce is equal to 31 gram. Gold is weighty as we know it. So for me to carry gold this weighty and you know that is equal to the value of what I want to purchase to be very weighty and the risks of doing it as well, because I could be met with you know who knows what will happen to me right. along the road, yeah. robbers, you know. So um we had people we call gold keepers. We had people who call gold keepers. So these gold keepers were stationed in different parts of the world at the time, and they would collect your gold. So let's say I had 100 troy ounce of gold. So I would go to this um, gold keeper and I would give him this 100 troy ounce of gold. And he would collect it and give promissory notes. Now on this promissory notes, he would say something like, Innocent Sundu Aguba has got X amount of gold in my possession, right? So he can purchase goods or pay for services worth this amount. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that solved the problem of traveling with something that's weighty and something that people could easily, you know, collect from you, right? Yeah. But at some point, as we advanced, these gold keepers came together, right? Came to, and you know the forefront of industrialization big business was the u.s mm-hmm. right so it was in the united states most of these things really really happened so these um gold keepers decided to come together and keep this gold somewhere right and so we call this place the federal reserve mm-hmm. right because they've kept this gold somewhere there was a need to um tender something that had an equivalent amount of gold stored in the Federal Reserve. And that is how paper money came about. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's how paper money, this paper money we use today came about. Then back then, because it's no longer, it's no longer the case now. Back then, for every gold that is stored in the Federal Reserve, we had an equivalent amount of dollar in circulation. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if we had hundred dollars in circulation in the economy we had 100 gold kind of stored in the Federal Reserve, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But but something happened. President Richard Nixon, Nixon, I hope I pronounced that correctly, um, a citizen of the United States, please pardon, pardon me. Us. <laughs> <laughs> so um, on the 15th of August, 1971, he removed the dollar from the gold standard. The US economy was suffering big time. They were fighting wars with different countries. So much was happening. He was the president at the time. 
lots of scandal in his um, in his administ- administration. One thing you know is this: dollar was pegged to gold, and every currency of the world was pegged to dollar. So when he removed the dollar from the gold standard, it, it had a spiral effect against every other currency of the world. So immediately he did this, the United States government could print as much money as they wanted, right? So there was no there was no reference point again. They could now print as much money as possible. This is what happens. When money is um, printed this way, it means you are bringing in money from somewhere into an economy. Right, so you are devaluing the current money that is already circulating in the economy because for you to make more money, you need to do more business, you need to sell more stuff, right? But they were not selling more stuff, they were just printing money and injecting it into the economy, right? So we had more money trying to purchase and service goods that we had not um, done enough to improve or to increase, right? So let's say we had 10. 10 goods and services, for instance, and we've now printed, and we had $10 that we are servicing that could that we could exchange for these goods and services. But we've gone ahead to print, say, three more dollars, and we've injected it into the economy. So now we have $13 mm-hmm. trying to service goods and services. Yes, yeah, the same number. It's going to devalue the dollar or the money in, in the economy, right? It wasn't a good thing, and it had spare effects against every other currency so other governments of the world started doing the same think think about this going to save thirty-seven thousand naira in the bank in 2020 right that would be able to purchase for me hundred dollars but come this year two years later two years later it won't be able to buy me it won't be able to buy me hundred dollars in fact it's almost double i have really studied trend read lots of books and I developed a blueprint. I call this the no-fail strategy for becoming rich in life, right? I call it Tom's. I read this book. One of the books that really sparked my, my imagination was this book titled Why A Students Work for C Students and B Students Work for the Government. That book was titled by Robert Kiyosaki. Rich men, rich people don't save money. Rich people don't save. Rather, they make their money work for them. Do you know why banks, banks are very rich? Because they owe so many people money. Mm. Look at insurance companies, right? If you know how to use OPN, you know how to use other people's money, you will do very well. Banks, banks collect our money and they, they give us a sense of you know security and protection, and then they keep our money and they use our money to do business, right? That is why banks, you see Zenit Bank, UBA Bank, all of those guys, you see insurance companies because we give them our money and they give us a sense of protection. It means for them, to, for our money to be in their possession, it means they owe us, isn't it? Yeah. So they owe millions of people. So they use this money to do other business. They give it out for, they give it out to people um, in terms of loans, grants, not, not grants, loans, basically. They, they also do other investments for themselves as, of course, they've got, banks have got their own investment arms. Yeah. And they use our money and they don't even give us a return on investment, right? <laughs> they don't give us that. Rather, they even charge us for their services. <laughs> yeah. Yes, they do this. That is why saving is bad. So you go save your money in the bank and the banks take your money and use your money to do business and they even charge you for giving them your money and they don't even give you anything. Mm-hmm. 
So you need to be, you need to look for ways, and I'll be sharing the, some of the vital ways, some of the things to do, you know, to really be among the top one percent of folks who really know how to play the money. We've got good debt and bad debt. A good debt is a debt you use for fund and assets. An asset is something that brings in money, but a bad debt is something that you use to fund a liability. Liability is something that takes money off you. Now we've moved from the industrial age to where we are now which is the paper money and then we've gone from paper money to to the information and technological age you know currently i pay for services people pay me too for my services for my products without even seeing me right all they need to do is to do bank transfers right and they get and i get my money wherever i am right so you see we are going cashless and that is why people should start looking into cryptocurrency very quickly. If, you, if you've seen how, that's why I took us through, you know, the evolution of money, help us to see how money has different things at time, because for you to really make money, you need to understand what money is at a particular time. Let me not say what money is, let me say what currency is per time, so that you can make tons of it. So, um, someone who was in the garage, if he had given him a million dollars, that would, that would be worthless to him at the time. Right, but if you had given him something that would boost his energy, something that would sharpen his skill, his hunting skill, the energy he needs to hunt more animals, then that would be very, very beneficial to him. Okay, so we've moved, we've evolved, and we'll continue evolving. Currently, currently, quite frankly, most of the services, most of the products, most of the things I pay for, I pay for them without even touching money. Mm-hmm. Right, we're going cashless, we're going cashless, so we're even going away. From this paper money, we've got PayPal, we've got we've got Flutterwave, we've got Paystack. All of these services help us go cashless. And right now, we are going, we're having different exchanges. That's crypto exchanges. We've got Binance, we've got Bybit, we've got Bydex. So many of them in the crypto space, and we've got lots of cryptocurrencies. Okay, so people should start looking into these areas. You know. Michael Saylor, Michael Saylor wrote a book, the, the founder of MicroStrategy. He wrote a book, and in that book, he was talking about the, the materialization of materials. He was talking about the fact that you can hold a, a whole library in your phone. You can hold a whole library in your phone. You know, we've been able to dematerialize things and make them smaller such that we can carry them. So I can carry one billion dollar worth of cryptocurrency in my phone and nobody knows you remember when we talked about gold we talked about the fact that because um these business people were trying to ensure they were secure they didn't want to carry something of something that was so weighty they had to give them to um the gold keepers mm-hmm. so right now you can carry a like you can carry a million dollars and nobody would even know that you are carrying such kind of money and you'll be carrying this in your phone you can be carrying this in your crypto wallet you can be carrying you can be having this in your bank account and nobody knows you're just moving so we've been able to dematerialize these things we are evolving we're advancing since we are doing that the thing we use to pay for goods and services also has to evolve as well mm-hmm. right so i encourage listeners to start learning about cryptocurrency so now to wrap this up i'll be giving us um a definition of money i'll be giving us two definitions of money actually one one is that money is a medium through which value is exchanged mm-hmm. money is a medium through which value is exchanged so while currency is limited money is unlimited so naira is a currency dollar is a currency 
I have I have a dollar in my room now. But if I go to any local store around where I am now, I won't be able to make any purchase. I won't be able to make any reasonable purchase. Why? Because those guys or the people don't they might not even know that this is dollar. Yeah. Right? What they know is Naira. <laughs> what they are very familiar with is Naira. But if I go to the US now and I take Naira to them and I try to buy something, yes. they'll be like, what is this? Right? One currency has geographical limitations. Money has no limits at all. Right? If you see money from the point of value, then all you need to do is to become a person of value. And one of the things Ozzy has been doing so well to do in this her platform is to build people of value. She brings in people of value to share valuable information that once you get, you listen to, you become a person of value also. And you can make money anywhere you are. True. So Ozzy, you're doing a fantastic job. Thank you. You're doing a fantastic And also money is a reward for solving problems. Mm-hmm. Reward for solving problems. So you go to anywhere in the world, go to China and you can solve problem there. They'll give you money. Go to Japan, solve problem. Go to the UK, solve problems. There. They'll give you money. So what you want to do is to go after becoming a person that can solve problems. Big, big problems equal big money. Mm-hmm. big problems equal big money and for you to be able to solve big problems you must have you know acquired high income skills mm-hmm. right and this is where i will talk about um something that i had made reference to earlier in this in this show the triangle of money success the first is a skill the mm-hmm. first part of the triangle is a skill and i want to portray it before going to the second part of the triangle so you need a skill for you to solve these problems that will bring in money for you and there are lots of skills out there but if you talk about the fact that big problems equal big money so if you want to solve big problems you need to learn high income skills yeah. so take for instance ozzy is a podcaster right so she's got this podcasting skill one other thing she can do is to take this skill and turn it into a business right so she's gonna and this business is easily scalable so for me i made a mistake of starting a business that wasn't scalable i went into a production business so i was the producer i was the packager i was the sales rep i was the marketer oh oh my god it was daunting i was making sales right i was making sales but the money i was making was not enough to hedge against naira falling so naira was greatly falling down in value against dollar and you know that virtually all the things we do in nigeria we import them virtually everything in this country we import them so for me to go into a production business was against um i was going against the economy i understood that yes i needed to build businesses i was going against the economy and that is why it really crippled me (laughs) i had to run so the next thing you do is to you know build a business from your skill you build a scalable business. So for instance, the Money Academy is scalable. I can be in any part of the world and I'll be building the Money Academy. And with time, one of the things we'll be doing is to roll out different programs, right? So these things are all scalable. We're selling digital products. All of these things are used just to produce it once and we get to sell it over and over again. It is information that ensures your transformation. And as the world evolves, new things come up per time, right? new things come up at times. So you need to stay abreast. You need to keep updating yourself. You need to be in the know. If you are not in the know, then you'll be outdated, right? You need to be in the know of what's currently happening. If not, you would be outdated. So now, 
you've gotten a skill, you've turned that into a business. A business is now where you've involved different individuals, mm-hmm. right? Where you've involved different individuals, you now have a team. So for instance, Ozzy would have someone who is doing the editing, someone who is doing the publishing, someone who is, you know, removing noise and all of this. And so it becomes a business. She starts to host big people and stuff like that. So she's turned that into a business and she's gonna take she's gonna take money from her skill to fund her business so she doesn't need to go take loans right she doesn't need to go take loans she'll use the money she's making from her skill to fund her business and one thing about skill is your skill will keep going up in, 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 in um your, your skill will keep ascending so as your skill keeps as you keep getting better in your skill you keep earning more but the thing with business is business gives you leverage right you could leverage uh-huh. others mm-hmm. leverage other people's time other people's efforts other people's energy but you know as with as as, as you are bringing in different people you need to understand that sometimes they're going to put in more energy other times they're going to put in less energy and these things are going to affect your business as well so your business would have down times and good times it will have uptrends and downtrends mm-hmm. but it's still best it's still very important but so your skill the difference is your skill keeps growing up it keeps getting better so learn a skill turn that skill have a business and then the next part will be investment so we, what i teach people i teach people to see cryptocurrency as an investment because the thing is cryptocurrency can turn your hundred thousand naira into two million naira in less than two months mm-hmm. As it can do that for you, it can also take your two million naira to hundred k as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it can give you so much money, but it can also take so much money away from you. So what you need is to have something that keeps bringing in money for you. Mm-hmm. Then you put that thing into a business. You say ten exits, and then you take that stuff, the, your profits. You put it into the investment, which is cryptocurrency, and cryptocurrency give you tons both load of money right so if you go with this triangle skill business investment you see that man you're not going to lose fun wow 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 thank you innocent thank you so much like we went from before we got to now and we're looking at the future so it's so packed and i am so thankful that you that you honored the invitation thank you my pleasure my pleasure yeah before before we call it a day i want to quickly um, you have a, an academy and um, people that want to be a part of this, how do they get in touch with you? Is it on Facebook? How, do they, how does it work? Okay, okay, great. All you need to do to join is just to search for the Money Academy on Facebook and that's it. You, you're there. You're going to gain value from different people. Just search for <laughs> TMA on Facebook. And join the academy. And, yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you, Innocent. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Matt pleasure the pleasure is mine thank you for having me here all right i'm glad to share my my knowledge with the people of this platform yeah thank you we are glad to have you have a good deal have a good one i shall you too bye bye the language of money something amazing that innocent shared was the triangle of money right the money triangle learning skill then do the business from that skill and invest your profits that that is very amazing so the first thing you do is go learn a skill that's like that's like the basis of it all so i am sure you got value from this episode this has been rooted arabos podcast my name is ozioma and and i will talk to you next week 
Don't forget, keep being amazing. Bye-bye.